Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Des McComas, joined once, once as always with Drew Bishop, and this is episode 138. I hope you're getting your Christmas shopping knocked out because it is already Wednesday, December 20th. Man, the time is flying. I know I don't mind, don't have mine done. Uh, we are brought to you by our friends at Hitforth, uh, the, the best Central Texas development facility uh, for baseball, for hitting, uh, strength and conditioning. We had Kevin Keyes on last week, the director of hitting over at Hitforth. Really great episode. If you didn't go check that out, please do after this one. Some great insight about um, just development in general. And just, you know, kind of some of the things they do over there, why they're different uh, than a lot of places that teach hitting. So you can follow those guys at H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H. Uh, for Twitter, Instagram, and then the website as well. But uh, it's Hawaii Sandlot time. Uh, so we're proud to be joined by SoCal Director of Five Tool, Tim Arakawa, uh, who is our Hawaii baseball expert. Uh, no pressure, Tim, but you nailed this last year. We were talking about some of the players we discussed uh, for the Hawaii Sandlot Classic. Um, it's back. Um, it's bigger. Um, I, I was just looking through the roster of players. I mean, there are just seemingly endless amount of, uh, of names on the list. Uh, it's kind of the who's who of Hawaii baseball. Um, but first off, Tim, how are you doing? Um, how is SoCal treating you? And, and what do you look forward to most about a, uh, another return trip to Hawaii? Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on again. Um, always good around this time to talk. Uh, baseball, right? It's December um, and we still get to talk baseball. So that's always awesome. But mm. I was thinking about it and it's like, you know, it's certain places like Hawaii, you can play baseball all year round. It's, you know, 80 degrees and sunny there. So you might as well take advantage. And, you know, we're just really excited for some of these players, um, you know, that we have in the event, you know, maybe this is a, a chance for them to get seen. Uh, just like last year and, and um, you know, with some of the players from the event getting committed and stuff. So um, it's always good to, you know, have this event go on, um, get the boys playing, um, get some good stuff on them and, um, you know, just just give us some Christmas baseball. I think I think that's what that's what we want as well. So I'm excited. Southern California is, you know, is good. It's the weather is good out here as well, too. Not as much baseball going on um, these months, too. So really excited to go back to Hawaii, see the boys play, put on a good event for them. And, um, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, Tim, you know, for those that um, aren't familiar with the event, this is obviously something that we've been doing for a while now and uh, have been played a part in it. And just it's one of the coolest things we we do, I think. And, you know, but not everyone understands or knows exactly what the format is or, you know, how it came about. Can you give us a little background on it? And and just as a refresher for those who may have listened or may be familiar with it, just kind of jog everyone's memory about like how the event set up, how it came about and um, tell us about, you know, the the origins of it. Yeah, um, I think it's, you know, it's a cool story how the event, uh, I, I always call it kind of a grassroots effort um, in this event, because uh, this was born um, during the COVID year. And, um, you know, Texas was different than Hawaii, right? Hawaii, everything shut down and sports continued to be shut down. Um, so a lot of the players in that 2020 class uh, they didn't play their high school season. They really didn't travel to play. There was, you know, not any, you know, any baseball or any recruiting kind of stuff going around. So 
uh, Ikaika Dupont, who his son was in that 2020 class, and they they had a good group of he he ran kind of a travel team, but he had a good group of 2020 uh, players. Uh, <coughs> him, Ryan Antone, uh, Athens Arquette, Rob Madero. So they're kind of uh, you know the backers of this thing. But Ikaika really had a vision to okay, let's get the boys playing. Let's call it kind of a sandlot type of deal. Um, they need to play ball, uh, this and that. Fortunately, I had a pretty good relationship with him. He knew that I was up here on the mainland with a little bit of connections with 5-2 and stuff. So he said, hey, how can we get this event to, you know, kind of get seen to the masses and the coaches a little bit more than just running something in Hawaii for three days that doesn't, you know, really move the needle for mm -hmm. these guys necessarily in recruiting. So, um, you know, through some conversations and, you know, with Jeff, um, you know, we got on board that first year, kind of just did some social media coverage and uh, it was a hit. So then 2021 came about and it was like, OK, what can we do more in order to, you know, buff up the event a little bit? And that happened. And then 2022, um, you know, the partnership kind of grew a little bit further. And I think it might have been the, you know, probably the best uh the sandlot has uh you know has taken place last year um you know multiple kids committing um after the event or you know talking with schools and all of the you know all of the things that go into why we do this right to give the right. players a chance at you know at college baseball an extra year of baseball um and so on and so forth so um just a cool little you know grassroots effort those you know the four guys that i mentioned Kaika and and the three other guys, they're, you know, local to Hawaii. Um, you know, they don't have any dogs in any fights. They just want to put on this event and make sure that the players have an opportunity, you know, an opportunity to play around this time and, and um, you know, get their name out there and kind of move the needle recruiting for them. Yeah, and the event's going to go on December 27th through 30th, and you can follow all the coverage at fivesworld.org. And talking beforehand, it's, it's really cool now you can – you know, if you go to a player's profile page that's participating in the event, just click that little icon. It brings you up everybody that's participating in the Hawaii Sandlot Classic, all the classes. Um, so it's a great way to follow the coverage. And, of course, you can always go to the line for that event and hit follow, and bam, it's going to all show up in your feed there. So, um, you know, like you are saying, it, it was cool last year. I, I feel like there are a couple guys that really popped on the scene there and ended up, you know, committing shortly after that. Um, but Tim, th this is more than just a, you know, a chance, you know, of, of Hawaii baseball for you. Like explain why this is, you know, this kind of is, is something that you're passionate about and hits home um, because you obviously as a guy from Hawaii that played baseball growing up there, um, you know, this is it, it's it's kind of the the continued evolution of Hawaii baseball and guys being able to, you know, kind of kick through the door and get those opportunities, whether it's in Hawaii on the mainland or wherever baseball wise. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because uh, I'm from there. But um, as you should be. <laughs> but um, you know, it it holds a a dear place in my heart because I think that the players, be it that um, you know, it's different. It it's different than playing baseball in Southern California or in Texas or in Arizona and stuff. But the players there, hey, you know, we play good baseball. Um, you know, one of the things we get knocked up, knocked at is you know maybe we're undersized, but the beauty of baseball is, you know, you can make up for it other ways, right? There's skill, there's IQ, there's, you know, effort and stuff that uh, maybe won't be so much in the basketball realm, but in the baseball realm, it works. So 
uh, just giving these players an opportunity, um, you know, like I was saying, to play an extra year of baseball, right, to go play, you know, at a junior college and see if, you know, those first two years of junior college, you still want to do this baseball thing. If not, hey, you know, you you got the opportunity to do so. Um, for a lot of these players during the summers and during the fall, even though it's getting more common, um, you know, going up to the mainland to play in multiple tournaments, uh, you know, it's really tough to navigate through. Let's put it that way, to navigate through what's the right ones to do, right? Mm -hmm. Because you could do them and then you could still come back and you'll be in the same place that you were in, you know, May or June of that year. So everybody has these questions, right? Like, hey, how do I, you know, get recruited coming from Hawaii? What do I need to do? What coaches do I need to be in front of? What showcases? What tournaments? All of it gets thrown into this big bucket and you're, you're almost, you know, pulling it out of a hat and trying to say, okay, you know, this is what's going to be the best opportunity for me. So I think with this uh, Sandlot Classic, <clears throat> what it does is it brings it to you. And, you know, what better way to, you know, be at home, spend Christmas with the family, but then also have an opportunity for these players to go and show showcase that, hey, we do have what it takes. We can play college baseball and play good college baseball as well. And then, you know, just with the five tool side of it, just being able to, you know, promote it to, you know, to the masses because December 27th through the 30th, right? What other, what other event is really going on that has some, I guess, let's, let's say some integrity in it um, that coaches would <laughs> want to you know, be recruiting and why, yeah. you know, there's a background in recruiting it. So um, I'll get into it a little bit more, but, you know, just bringing coaches down, you know, for these kids as well to, you know, play in front of them. Uh, I just, you know, gives these players an opportunity that, you know, when I was playing 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have. So I'm super happy that things are evolving this way and just more opportunities um, are being presented to the, you know, the boys in Hawaii. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I was looking through the roster uh, the last couple of days and seeing all who had signed up. I mean, I, I counted double digit guys that are committed to D one schools that, you know, have a, an easy excuse to just not show up and just, you know, not do anything at this time of year. But I think it's cool that there's that many guys um, that are committed to D one schools committed to junior colleges. I mean, there's, there's a pretty good extensive list of guys that, are in that category that are coming to play in the event, you know, some of them for the first time with some of them are repeat or repeat guys. And I always think that that's a, that's a cool thing is seeing how many of these guys have are coming back, you know, cause if, if they didn't like it, they probably wouldn't do that. And especially the guys that are committed to, I just, I think that speaks volumes um, to the, uh, to the quality of the event. And then also to, you know, I, I, I always enjoy having the Hawaii teams at our events because they're, you know, they, they bring a lot of passion and they, you know, they bring a little bit of an edge too, which is fun. Like they, they have fun playing the game. And I think, you know, I think that, you know, you're a big part of this too. Like, I think the guys that, you know, have made it or are making it, you know, carry that banner for the kids coming behind them. And I think that's something special that can't be overlooked in, in an event like this. I just think it's, it's a cool thing. And, um, you know, talk a little bit about that if you can, just because, you know, what you've seen from those guys and the enthusiasm for not just kids that are using this as a recruiting tool, but for guys that are, are coming back that already have signed or committed to a D1 or 
uh, junior college out there in the in the mainland. Yeah, uh, absolutely spot on. I think it adds it adds that element to the event too, right? That it's not mm-hmm. just uh, you know show up, showcase your stuff, and go home, right? So there's like a deeper, um, you know, there's there's something deeper in it, and you know, I think the the um, name of the event, the Sandlot, it just goes to show you, you know, what you know, really, what is it? It's you know, getting the boys together to play ball because. I think, you know, as as you were saying, a lot of these guys that <clears throat> maybe are committed uh, to D1s, are committed to JUCOs, D2s, that are still playing in the events, I, you know, I think they're kind of just like baseball rats, right? Mm-hmm. And I love myself a baseball rat. I was a baseball rat. Yeah. It was like, give me an opportunity to play, go get four at-bats, whatever it is. And, you know, I'm I'm there, especially when you add in that your high school teammates, your travel teammates, players that you know from other islands and stuff that maybe you hadn't seen since the summer are coming down to play in it as well. It's like, you know, how can we get these boys together to not only, you know, I let's call it what it is, you know, we want to help these players, uh, you know, with their recruiting journey or their baseball journey too, but just give them a little bit more fire about playing baseball too, right? So many people talk about, oh, you're going to get burnt out and this and that. But when you do it the right way and you can get, you know, these boys together, I won't compare it to what the Latino country does do with their winter ball, mm-hmm. but it's the same, you know, it's somewhat of the same, you know, birth from the same thing that you want to go, you know, you want to go play with your, you know, your boys, your former teammates, your high school teammates, play against them, whatever it is, and kind of just build that baseball culture in Hawaii and kind of hopefully you know, push it to, um, you know, in a positive direction where it needs to go. I love that part that we do have committed guys. Um, I think it just adds a deeper element to it and, you know, heightens the competition a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, You mentioned those, those winter leagues. I mean, if anybody's looked at like the attendance and the atmosphere of those, you know, Venezuelan Dominican winter leagues and all that stuff, like it's, it's like the event there, you know, like everyone's like, well, why would Ronald Acuna go play? You know, it's because they loves the game. And like, it's a, it's a big deal. And I got to imagine that like, this is, it's, it's a sandlot, you know, it, it's kind of just, you know, the fun of the game and getting out there and let's play. Um, but the competition too, I got, I, there's probably a sense of pride for a lot of these guys. Like, Hey, I think I'm one of the best players in Hawaii. And this is an opportunity for those guys to go prove it. And at the same time, get the type of of coverage and the type of exposure in front of college coaches um that maybe might not be presented to them again you know throughout the high school season or the summer or so on and so forth so uh, i gotta mention there i gotta imagine there's a sense of like man these guys go out there and it's just like it's fun you're playing the game which you know drew mentioned we always love the white teams in the five tool tournaments because like you know they're playing you can hear them you know the energy and the talk and everything like that uh, but I'm sure there's a competitiveness too that you don't get ever like in late December, most other places. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, a lot, I, I think from some of our uh, interactions with some of these kids and, and um, you know, what we're, what we're trying to add to the event as well, like you said, Dustin, these players want to prove that not only they can go play college baseball, but that they're one of the top players in Hawaii. Right. Mm-hmm. It's hey, we hear all of this about so and so player or so and so player. I want to prove to, you know, I want to prove that I'm, you know, I'm able to, 
you know, stack up and compete too. So we're giving them that opportunity. It's, you know, the teams are, you know, kind of mixed and, you know, there's going to be certain players on other teams and we draft the teams um, and, you know, you're going to be playing with maybe five guys that, you know, maybe no uh, zero players that, you know, but then it's all, Hey, let's roll the balls out there. Uh, kind of mano y mano type of thing. And, you know, go prove that, you know, you're one of the better players in Hawaii. Once that happens, then now you're going into your high school season, which is coming in January, February, basically. And, you know, it can kind of catapult you into having a good junior season or having a good senior season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know that confidence is everything in baseball, right? So if this can, you know, kind of prove a little bit to those players that, hey, yeah, um, you know, you are one of the better players in Hawaii. You are one of the upper echelon type of talents in Hawaii. Hey, all for it. That's going to, you know, uh, move their uh, baseball future um you know further along as well yeah and look, looking at the list of of schools that are going to be out there uh, recruiting and helping with the event you know what you're you're the go-to guy for a lot of these people as far as you know what kind of players these guys are you know tell us a little bit about like what schools are are coming out which schools are you know repeat um viewers if you will but, you know, I, I was just looking at the list and I saw some schools that were for sure there last year and, and some new ones, too. You know, what kind of feedback are you getting from the college side on on what kind of event this is? Yeah, they're super excited. The, um, you know, obviously going out to Hawaii to recruit isn't a bad place to recruit. I get that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, they're super excited. Um, like you said, a few of them are repeat from last year. Uh, uh, some of the new um, some of the new coaches that we're bringing down have been almost, you know, kind of hounding us, you know, saying, hey, you know, how do we get into this, uh, you know, Santa Ana Classic? We want to, you know, recruit Hawaii boys. Before I kind of get into that, the, what I tell a lot of the Hawaii players uh, that are now uh, in high school trying to get recruited or JUCO trying to get recruited, but also the ones that are in college is that everything, you know, Hawaii is a place that you you kind of build pipelines, right? You build relationships with these people. So in my situation, <clears throat> I went to Yavapai Community College because there was already a Hawaii pipeline built there, right? right? There was already Hawaii players. The coaches knew the, you know, the culture of Hawaii and they said, hey, go get me more Hawaii boys. Then when I went to Oklahoma State, there wasn't a Hawaii culture there. So then it was, you know, kind of my my, uh, you know, opportunity to build hopefully one that would start. And then, you know, fast forward, I don't know, 10 years, whatever it's been, uh, eight to 10 years. Now we finally have another Hawaii boy at Oklahoma State. Um, so I tell all of the college, you know, players, hey, you know, once you guys do well and, you know, you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing the people that the players that come behind you, too. Right. You can either really, you know, make opportunities for future Hawaii players or you can lose them because you can be that player that a coach says, man, I had a crappy Hawaiian kid and I don't want any more Hawaiian kids in my program. And you, I told, I tell them all the time, you do not want to be that player. You know, you do not want to yeah. be that guy that closes that opportunity. You want to be the kind of player that your coach says, Hey, go get me two more Tim Arakawas, please. Or go get me, you know, whatever it is. So because of that, some of the coaches and, and um, that we have at these events, they've, they've kind of known the Hawaiian culture a little bit, or they've, you know, recruited Hawaii players, had Hawaii players uh, at their schools, 
um, Walla Walla Junior College uh, that coached Tyler Charlo there. Um, he has ties to Hawaii. Um, so, you know, he's coming down, spending some time with family, but he's also, you know, getting himself some Hawaii players to take back up with him as well too. Oxnard, Steve Hernandez has been, um, Steve Hernandez has been, uh, recruiting Hawaii players since I was in high school. He recruited me and two of my teammates went to Oxnard junior college, um, out of high school as well. So he's, you know, really deep in the Hawaii, um, you know, the Hawaii players, Bushnell and Pima. Um, you know, kind of same situation there. Hakami at Pima has, you know, is, you know, um, really, de really dove into recruiting um, Hawaii players. But then we got a lot of Texas, uh, Texas schools coming out, too. And I mm -hmm. think that's because yeah. of what the Hawaii travel teams and Hawaii elite and Toro them have done when they've gone to play in these events in Dallas and Houston and stuff like that. Because, um, like you said, Drew, what you see at the events in the Hawaii players playing with passion, I think, uh, you know, guys like Tyler Johnson at McLennan, they see it as well yeah. too, right? I think, um, I think, uh, train with Temple, they, you know, they like that as well. So I know, um, you know, Weatherford and and McLennan and stuff has, you know, had offered, you know, some Hawaii kids based on some of those um tournaments and stuff so the opportunity for them to come down maybe get a little bit of a head uh head start on the next year's class as well um you know kind of get some names and stuff will help them too and then um i'm excited uh, i'm excited about some of the uh, division three schools that are coming down to university of redlands is right here in my neck of the woods i built a really good relationship with chris hernandez and they do a really good job out there. You know, D3 ball might sound like D3 ball, but come play D3 ball in Southern California and you'll see that, hey, it's some good base. You know, it's really good baseball. Um, right. You know, Trinity Deering is coming out as well. Um, Vassar's coming down. I think what that does for these Hawaii boys is a lot of the Hawaii players may fit in that mold, right? Um, a lot of the private school kids or higher academic kids um, here may fit in that hey I want my education to be of utmost importance as well but I also want to play baseball and you know you don't get that at every at every college right but a lot of times the division three schools do a really good job of focusing on that um, you know hey your degree is the most important thing but also you get four years to play uh, the game that you love that you've played ever since you were a kid as well too so Really excited about, uh, really excited about those. Obviously, the Division Two schools will be out there as well. Um, the you know the hometown divisions two schools who you know Shamanad is out there now. Um, Konishi is building a super good program, I believe. There, Dane Fujinaka at HPU and Yukes at uh, Hilo as well. Um, so you know just just tons of opportunities for these kids. Not even talking about what the social media side can bring to it too. That's right. just coaches that are going to be present, um, coaching these teams, interacting with these boys, having conversations, you know, one-on-one -on -one with them and just giving them kind of, you know, what an, op what an opportunity, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome opportunity. And yeah, you mentioned it like, you know, when, when those teams come to, especially to Texas, like I remember Jay Souza when he came, um, as a rising junior before his junior year in high school and was phenomenal. And who was watching him? Texas tech, you know, like, like, but now it's kind of like, okay, wow, this kid's going to Texas tech. And now Texas tech and some schools in the region are like, wow, okay, we, we got to pay attention to this, you know, these Hawaii teams when we can, when they come to Texas and, you know, uh big Kaimi, like I remember I was going back and look at our coverage, like 
I didn't, I mean, I'm no Hawaii expert, but I didn't know who he was. And he stepped on the mound at the Sandlot Classic. I don't think many people really knew a whole lot about him. Hey, this basketball guy is coming out and throwing some innings for us. And flash forward, and he's an area code guy and signs with the University of Texas. And it's just like that happened, you know, so fast. And it just kind of started, I feel like, at the Sandlot Classic. But um, you mentioned it, and I kind of want you to brag on yourself a little bit. And I know you're a guy that <laughs> doesn't doesn't like enjoy talking about himself, but your path is is so unique. And I think in this, you know, before we get to individual players and and, and stuff like that, are playing the Seattle Classic, but your path, um, I think, is especially important now because I feel like it's starting to become um, it's starting to become a really good path. <laughs> For a lot of guys, not just Hawaii players, Texas players, Oklahoma, California, whomever, um, you know, you mentioned it. You, you started the junior college level, then you found your way to Oklahoma State, um, and then you were drafted and played in the Angels system for years. Um, you know, what advice would you give to players about just, you know, figuring out a way to just get in the game and stay in the game um, and then make the most of it? Because that's what you did. I mean, you – you know, not the most physical, toolsy guy in the world, but played with great passion, great skill, could hit. And I, I feel like you're kind of um, – I see a lot of guys kind of come through, and I was just looking at one guy, like a Noah Bernal, who's a, you know, left-handed hitting infield, infielder that I liked. And I was like, you know, these are the types of guys that just get in the game, and then they just their, – their passion and their makeup makes the most out of it. And then you can find your way into professional baseball for a few years. Yeah, I think my story is a lot like how Hawaii players, uh, you know, Hawaii players stories are Hawaii players are right. It's it's kind of that, you know, we're not going to get off of the bus and wow anybody, Um, you know, you're going to have to kind of follow us and, you know, maybe, you know, watch us play ball for, you know, a little of an extended period of time. But once you do, you, I think you kind of fall in love with the game, right? You fall in love with uh, what we bring, you know, on both sides of the ball can play multiple positions, but also can hit up and down the lineup as well, handle the bat, all of the stuff that goes into kind of being a little bit of a skilled guy rather than just rolling the balls out and going and trying to hit the ball over the fence. Um, but I think nowadays uh, with the transfer portal, with the recruiting situation being moved back, um, I, I, you know, I think it helps. Um, I think it, it's an adjustment definitely to how recruiting has always been, uh, not only from the player side, but I think how coaches recruit yeah. now too. Um, but I think a lot of, a lot of people are coming to the realization that, um, there's a lot less of a D one bus mentality. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I don't like to use that necessarily because I'm like, go for it. You know, go play Division One baseball. Why the heck not? But also realize that um, there's different paths to playing baseball as long as possible. And from when I was in high school, um, I I kind of realized that okay, you know, what is this thing gonna do, and what how how is it gonna take me? Um, and my um, what I came to the realization was, hey, play baseball as long as possible. You know, play kind of until they rip the jersey off of you. And my path was the junior college to the division one route and unfortunately got drafted after that. But, you know, for a lot of these players, um, Hawaii, Hawaii type of players are a little bit of a late bloomer, late bloomer type player, which the Juco route, um, you know, really, really provides you that, you know, that situation to go get 250 at bats your freshman and sophomore year that you're not going to get 
Um, you know, you're not going to get out of four year unless you're that blue chip prospect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if you're that blue chip prospect, man, uh, you know, facing arms from Texas and TCU is a lot different than facing arms from, you know, in high school or even in travel ball playing the Canes or playing, you know, these other, you know, travel ball teams who you think are the upper echelon. Uh, it's a dog eat dog when you get to those, you know, those kind of levels. Um, so, you know, putting yourself in a situation to continue to develop into who you can be because you're what, 18, 19, 20 years old when you're a freshman in, you know, in high school, I mean, when you're a freshman and sophomore in college, and then now with these guys getting extra years, you're playing against 24 year olds, you're playing against just like some guys that have been seasoned, you know, here for so long and stuff. So, um, you know, my dad always told me, and I'm, I'm sure I've said it to tons of people that are tired of hearing me say this already, but go where you can play, you yeah, know, yeah. that's important, man. Go where you can play. Cause you know, you've never liked sitting on the bench your whole life. What makes you think that when you're a freshman in college, you'll be all right with it. That's kind of the method and the, the mindset that I took. And I went to a good junior college, right? I'm not trying to say that Yao Pai was the fallback. No, Yao Pai was, <laughs> right. like, was like my choice. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was my choice. I, I have no other choices. So like, mm. thank you to them for choosing me too. Um, but it just, you know, it gave me a better opportunity to find myself. And then once I got to Oklahoma State, things kind of, baseball started to kind of um, work itself out a little bit. I was older. I was 21, 22 years old, man. That's different than being an 18 year old leaving the island for the first mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. I mean, Dustin and I talk about this a lot, but the more I'm around this, the more I subscribe to the exact thing that you just said that you got to play. Like, if you want to continue to play, like, you got to show someone that you can play. And, you know, it's just such a repetition based game that, you know, getting those at bats against, you know, good arms, like that stuff matters. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a number of ways to accomplish it, but, you know, some programs at the D one level develop guys that may not be in the lineup better than others. And that's something that, you know, if you're in that boat, you have to figure out. Um, but, you know, as we start to get into some of the players that are going to be there, you know, do you have a, uh, a short list of a couple guys that you're you're just you just know or like these guys are ready to go play um it, whether it be the juco level the d1 d2 d3 um that you know like these are the guys that you feel like can't miss like somebody needs to take these guys that we're gonna that we're gonna see at the sandlot classic yeah um you know like like we were talking about before some of the you know we do have quite a bit of um you know committed guys um you know that are playing uh one guy that uh that kind of sticks out to me for you know just from last year Caleb Wada he's a 20 he's a 2025 uh he's out of YKL high school um he's a he's a infielder probably you know can play the left side of the infield maybe you know maybe third base is his calling card in you know in the future but I think the guy just really has a a chance to hit um you know he, he got a good knack for the barrel um and you know it seems like every at bat that he puts together he's on time um you know he's on time with the fastball but you know on the you know the off speed stuff he you know he has a plan for that as well um and you know i i saw him last year i think he's you know i think he's going to be a really good player 
Uh, Kaiden Sonoda Fukumoto um, is another one that's, uh, I think, two years in the Sandlot Classic. Um, I think, you know, he can play, he can play good baseball. I think maybe Juco is his, uh, is his route. Uh, I think he's been talking to a couple of Juco's as well um, up to this point, but, you know, kind of just a do it all type of player will handle the bat as well, can defend multiple positions um, as well. Duke Aloy um, is a really good catcher out of, uh, out of Maui. Um, you know, he can, you know, I think good catch and throw really good defender um, as well on a, another catcher from Maui that I think is a, a pretty good one. Uh, Nicholas Nashiwa. He defended really well in the underclass games last mm -hmm. year. Um, you know, if he puts on some more physicality, um, he can sustain a college season behind the plate, but just good IQ behind the plate. Um, the bat, you know, the bat, he, he'll be able to handle the bat, but I think the, def you know, the defending card for him uh, behind the plate is going to be good. And then um, Kalea Lana, uh, Kalea Lana, left-handed hitting catcher out of Mililani, good catch and throw as well. I don't know why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm falling in love with the catchers. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you said because, like, I feel like every time we see uh, a Hawaii team come play in one of our events in Texas, we always fall in love with the catchers. Like, always, you know? Like, I I, I don't know what it is, but, like, I mean, I'm going down, you know, kind of looking at some of the guys that were in the event last year. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Like, catch and throw guy. Oh, yeah, physical, you know, raw power catch guy. Like, like I believe it was a couple of years ago. There's that kid that went to I think to Washington or somewhere that won the MVP catcher for one of our events. And like every oh, time Sylvester. we see Hawaii, he's he's actually at uh, Oklahoma State now. Oh yes, okay. Yeah. It's like every time we see Hawaii teams, like they always have guys that can catch and throw and the intangibles, and it's just like yes, I want one of those guys in my programs. Yeah, I I, I think. You know, somehow we breed we breed some catchers. Maybe they're taking on the Kurt Suzuki uh, mode of it. If yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta uh, learn them on Kurt Suzuki a little bit. Um, but you know, I I think just uh, yeah, just the IQ and um, you know the passion and the uh, you know the um, how hard they play the game kind of fits with uh, Hawaii catchers. Uh, you know, or fits with the catcher position um, and stuff too. So I think Kalealana. Um, he's one to, you know, he's one to keep an eye on. I saw him in the state tournament last year. I, I, I don't think he played in the Sandlot last year, but he played in the, um, state tournament last year for Mililani was a really good player. Him and his uh, teammate Aokai, uh, good players for Mililani, man. Mililani is going to be a good team, uh, coming up this spring season as well. Um, a couple other names just to throw out there, uh, just, you know, just, whoever's listening Tanner Fujino Hunter Nishino uh good players um good players kind of can play around you know all over the field um and you know and and do some damage at the plate too arms wise um you know some of the arms that are uh that uh kind of are repeat there's a Cameron Lee um you mm -hmm. know he threw you know he threw last year through well um, Kai Kai Kanashiro, I think, is going to be a really good one. He's a 2025 out of Kamehameha. Uh, Brandon Death uh, pitched in this event last year, then went on and had a good, you know, summer, and he or he and he had a good spring season as well. Uh, he's a 2024 um, Bryson Toner. One name to one name that uh, 
to look out for as well. Caleb Ten. Um, Caleb Ten is uh he's a 2024 right-handed arm out of Ilani High School. Um, he's had some uh some injuries moving in uh these past two years, but he's gotten it all cleaned up already. His older brother Zach Ten was a Washington commit out of high school and is now at UH. Um, as but Caleb Ten, he he goes about six two, I'd say. Um, really good stuff. Um, he's finally back healthy. So this is his first, uh, you know, kind of back in action in a, in about a year. Um, and I'm excited to see what he had, what he has, because leading up to his, uh, his TJ, he was, um, he was on a, on a good trajectory, unfortunately with pitchers that stuff happens, but he's mm -hmm. back fully healthy and, and stuff. So I'm hoping that the Velo is there because the stuff, the stuff was good prior to. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned. I had Toner written down too. I remember he's a guy that last year um, uh, caught my eye, and it's like catchers. Um, I think the pitching is in and Hawaii has been trending up for, and they're not just like pitchability competitive guys. Although there there are a bunch of them, I feel like they always have lefties who can really pitch and like get mm -hmm. on the mound and have great makeup. Um, Lorini some... Wata is one of them. Uh, yeah, Lorini uh -huh. Wata from Waikia High School. Man, that guy just you know he will he'll carve you. You'll look up, you know he'll maybe go he'll maybe go low eighties, but you'll look up in the sixth inning and you're like, dang, we got two hits off of this guy, and he's you know he's got a goose egg on the board, and you know you, you can have a plan against a guy like that. And me being a left-handed hitter, hated those you know hated, hated <laughs> yeah. those guys, man. It's like the, the always the, the lefties who had a really good changeup and could pitch. I feel like you know just always drove lineups nuts. But um, yeah, I got like toners. Like actually got some size. I think like the stuff's gonna be big. And I feel like too, there's like, like catchers, pitch ability guys who can really pitch, and then the middle, the skilled middle infielders. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's gonna be in this year. But the Kahanu Martinez from 2026 class right. shortstop. I just fell in love with that guy on video last year. Um, I mean, that's that to me is kind of a great example of like, yeah, that's the skill, the IQ, the glove work. And as Drew and I always say, like, we love when we can see guys play on grass because you figure out real quick who can actually defend when you throw them out there on grass and and, and not that turf where you get all those true hops all the time. Yeah, Kahana was definitely one of my favorite players. I I don't think I was too shy about that uh, last <laughs> year when I was when I was down there. But I thought you know left-handed hitting shortstop that um you know has some projection has mm -hmm. the projection I wish I had, but has some projection uh you know to be a six you know a six two kind of six three by the you know whatever it is by the time he's graduating high school, but. Some of the things that Kahanu did well, skill-wise on the field, you know, stuck out, right? And yeah. it was like, hey, you know, that's a, you know, that's a beautiful swing. You know, that swing will play at the other levels. Um, defend, you know, defending, like you said, defending on grass, you know, making plays. He really has a good, uh, you know, good feel for the glove. But then it was some of the other intangibles that I was sitting there watching all of these games, right? And, and you know, you pick up on certain things like who's going to do, you know, who's going to chase the foul ball. And it might sound cliche, right? And it might sound like who's, you know, really busting their butt on and off the field. Um, 
Kahanu checked off all those boxes, man. And mm. I, I guess that's why I really liked him, you know, more so because, man, he would bust his butt off and on and off the field. I think there was an instance where somebody had to go warm up, uh, warm up a pitcher and he had just come out of the game. It wasn't his, you know, rotation. He grabbed the helmet. He went to the bullpen and warmed up the pitcher for the next inning, you know, kind of little stuff like that. Um, just made me, I, I guess just made me realize that this kid really loves to play the game. And then mm -hmm. after the games were done was hanging out at the field, watching the other, you know, didn't go home mm -hmm. to, you know, go play video games or whatever, you know, these kids do nowadays hung out at the field, you know, just was, you know, playing around. It was like, Oh, that's what we used to do when we were at the park, you know, mm -hmm. back, you know, when we were playing. So kind of that, uh, you know, made me like him a little bit more. Um, one, uh, uh, another name in the underclass games, Charlie Ushijima, he came out, he I threw well, yeah, he threw well last year. Um, but he also is going to play position this year also. Um, and you know, just a good athletic, uh, you know, athletic type of player. Um, Kanalu Antone is a left-handed hitting catcher in the underclass games. Uh, you know, really has a knack for the barrel, um, you know, kind of uses the middle of the field. Um, good at bats and stuff. He's going to be, you know, one to watch as well. Caden uh, Anderson and, uh, oh, Judah Ota. Judah Ota is a name to write down. He he was the was the kid that hit the bomb in, uh, what is it, Alex Box Stadium? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, at LSU. Yeah, uh -huh. At LSU. Mm -hmm. So Judah came up with, uh, uh, with Hawaii Elite, and he was the one, I think it was a wooden bat, too, or something like that. Yep. Just freaky. His dad was a former NFL uh, NFL player. So just like, you know, the the athletic genes are there. He's he's huge. He's probably 6'5 already, like just tall, lanky, left-handed hitter, runs well. Um, and, you know, definitely if you don't have Judah Ulta and you're a, you know, you're a power five division one school and you don't have him on your list, uh, he needs to be on your list and you need to check in on how he does in this, uh, in this event. Yeah. Kind of sounds like the, uh, kind of sounds like the next trailer Murray, but, um, before we jump into some fun stuff to get out of here, going to tell you about our friends at hit forth. If you've ever gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed that coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have track showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So the game moves more and more towards embracing tech and data. You are doing yourself a disservice if you aren't trading with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hitforth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out Hitforth to learn how you can get started. H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H dot com. And then on Twitter and Instagram as well. And like I said with last week, we had Kevin Keyes on the director of hitting. 
Um, and that accountability piece is huge. I mean, they're, they, they've got the results to back it up. They've got every, they're tracking everything, individualized program, full-time staff, um, really going out of the way to make sure that they're getting their guys better. And they're doing some special December deals right now. So get to hit Um, Tim, anything else you want to hit on a, a, about the Sandlot Classic? I mean, we, we ran through some players, kind of talked about the setup and, and a lot of the colleges that are going to be there. Um, you know, anything else you feel like people should know? Uh, again, I can't reiterate this enough. Like the Five Tool Hawaii account um, at Five Tool HI on Twitter will be covering everything. Um, I'm sure we'll have some guys end up on the main Twitter account as well, like we did last year. And of course, FiveTool.org. Um, hit that. Hit the button for the Hawaii Sandlot Classic and go to the line. You can hit follow and make sure that gets into your line to follow those guys and go check out the roster as well. But um, anything else we haven't touched on that you want to, you know, you feel like we need to say about the Classic? No, I think, um, you know, we touched on everything. We the um, we did move from eight teams to 10 teams this year. And, wow. um, you know, there is uh, this year we've had more arms than we had in the previous two years as well. So we're excited about that. Um, so, um, you know, maybe some of the two way guys will get their inning or whatnot, but there'll be a lot kind of more POs that are there. Hey, let's showcase our stuff. So I think the coaches that are there will really get an opportunity to, you know, see, you know, multiple arms that could, you know, impact their program. But then also, yeah, like you said, um, any coaches who are, you know, down on 27, December 27th to the 30th and, you know, they're just relaxing, man, hop on 5 to Hawaii's Twitter because there'll mm -hmm. be a lot of stuff uh, going out. Uh, Jeff obviously will be out there. I'll be out there. But then um, Tracy will be out there as well, too. So there'll be a lot of good uh, kind of video content guys making sure that, you know, nothing is missed and everything that you see up there is you know, up to five to a standard um, as well. So, um, you know, take a peek in. There's a lot of good players um, that will be there. Um, and yeah, get yourself a Hawaii, get yourself a Hawaii player, uh, a Christmas present <laughs> Hawaii player going into the new year. <laughs> That'd be a good present, man. Cause like I, those guys are the types of guys that you want in your program, you know, just like, like, cause when, especially if you get to the Juco level, I mean, you know, this better than, than Drew and I, obviously, but you better love the game at that level. Like you better be ready to work and love the game. Um, because at that level, you get as much practice and at bats and everything as, as you want. Um, and it's, it's no joke, man, that the talent level at that, at the junior college level is, is the real deal. But, um, well, oh, I, I think we all, sorry, sorry, I think we're adding a home run derby element to it too. Oh, nice. Um, huh? I think, yeah, I think we're going to do a home run derby after the first showcase day. So, uh, just a little cool thing, you know, get, you know, get some competition out there. I think guys like Aho, Isaac Aho Kobe, um, you know, who has, you know, some juice, maybe Cole Ide has, you know, who has some juice as well. We'll get out there. Um, and you know, hopefully, have a good time after that first showcase day, get everybody, you know, excited. And then we'll roll into the three days of games um, as well. So, so what are, what are the, uh, you've got your list of places you've got to go when you go over there? Like what's on the, what's on Tim's list. He's got to hit, especially food wise. What, what oh, are we making sure? What, what are we making sure that we, uh, that we crush while we're over there? 
I, I don't want to be a gatekeeper, so so I'll let everybody know where my favorite poke spot oh, is. Oh, he's going <laughs> to show. All right, here we go. We buried Mal the lead. Now we Mal finally get the good stuff. Yeah, Malama Market. It's on the it's on the west side. It's in uh, Makakilo, up Makakilo Road, uh, Malama Market. You got to get the spicy ahi and then ask them for the special sauce. And, okay. Uh, you'll never you'll never go back after that. I drive. I don't live close to there, but when I go back, I make sure that I I I drive out there to get a poke bowl from there. Nice. Okay. Love so it. so how many how many times are we going there when you're over there? Just once? <laughs> are you going like three times, four times? Well, yeah. The uh the field corp where this event is at is closer to uh to Malama Market, so I'll have a chance to go uh more times than not so you know maybe right. i'll get out there about three you know three times that would be so that'd be good this will be your arizona version of tacos for dustin and i at tacos yeah. calafia yeah so. when we go to the arizona fall classic we go to this one taco place like multiple times there. yeah yeah you know about it yeah it's I've, i love like, i love that it's just like you just drive up and it's just in a strip mall and it just says tacos outside of it. It's like, well, mm -hmm. that's how, you know, it's, it's legit. So, um, well, I've, I've got a, I've got a poke place like near my new house and I need to know if, if it's legit, I'm not going to name it, but like what, like, it's kind of one of those build your own places. Like how many items should be in a proper poke bowl? Like, cause if, I feel like Rice. in the past we've talked about this and Jeff has talked about it as well. Like you reach a point where if you're dumping like six or seven things in there, it's not, it's not true, true poke standard. Yeah. Uh, you can eat it however you want, right? When it comes down to it, you can eat it however you want, but the original poke bowl is rice Mm -hmm. and fish and mm -hmm. and the sauce that the fish is tossed in mm -hmm. that's that's what it is that's how how it was now you know certain things like you can put maybe some sesame seeds on it okay you can put some you know some nori on it as well um maybe okay, a they've got shredded nori on the menu shredded okay nori, i'm feeling, that's, I'm feeling that's better fine. i just personally i think it becomes more of a salad bowl when you put the seaweed salad the mm -hmm. soybeans and all of these, you know, little things on top of it. It's like the poke is the fish that needs to be the star of the show. Mm -hmm. So you put it on a bed of rice and that, you know, that should be all you need. Um, but heck, I, you know, I, I'll take some crispy onions on top of mine just to add some extra <laughs> Ooh, to it. Okay. All right. I'm not, so, you know. so I've never had it and I've wanted, I've always wanted to make sure that I'm getting close to as as good of a authentic experience as i can so this one has great ratings and it's i'll have to go check it out then because it looks like the menu is very simplistic not a lot of crazy add-ons or anything like that so um good to know we've we've talked hey, to the expert we're just happy that more people are eating poke around the country more people are eating poke around the world right it's it's uh people are diving into the culture that that's cool whether yeah. whether it's exactly the same or not, <laughs> yeah, right, it's right, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's cool. People are eating poke and talking yeah, about it's, it too. So. Yeah, you know, it's like Tex Mex in others in other states. You know, it's 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 spreading, but it's it's not quite the same. But it's spreading, and like, you know, that's a that's a good thing as well. Um, but uh, Tim, before we get you out of here, you know, the the SoCal season will be firing up soon. I mean, it's it's, gosh, probably just a couple months away. Um, 
any teams you're just really anxious to to follow or get out and see? Um, you know, we're gonna have some of those teams in the in the five tool festival, but um I was kind of looking through a couple of those rosters the other day, and some of these teams are just unbelievably loaded. Um, anyone in particular kind of like like itching, like, oh man, I gotta gotta make sure we get a look at these guys this spring. Yeah, I it's an easy answer. It's obviously the Trinity League, right? Yeah. But even inside the Trinity League, I'm excited to see St. John Bosco this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that uh, you know, usually your um your Jay Sarah's, your Santa Margaritas, and your Olu's um these past five, ten years have been, you know, kind of the you know, the top dogs in it. But uh Andy Rowe is at St. St. John Bosco right now, and I think he's um, you know, doing, doing some good stuff out there. Obviously your Huntington beach, um, is, uh, is, uh, you know, going to be a powerhouse again, but, mm-hmm. um, Cyprus, uh, Cyprus is, and I'm, I'm excited to get into LA a little bit more as well to Gardenia, Sarah, um, mm-hmm. long beach, Polly, uh, some of those schools that maybe we haven't really seen in the past couple of years, but now we have a better feel for it. I'm excited to kind of go into, you know, the Long Beach area, the Gardenia, the Torrance, the South Bay area uh, mm-hmm. to get a look at those, you know, some of those players as well. Because, uh, man, some of those guys played with us this summer and this um, and this fall. Uh, good, you know, good players. So I guess I have to go nor- north of Orange County now. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the hard thing, though, is like, man, you could throw a rock eight different directions and, and you know, where you are and find, you know, just amazing players everywhere. That just area, you just can't beat the the talent. It's like we talk about sometimes the FOMO we have when we're picking spring games. It's like I can't imagine it for, for you because it's like, well, this place is right here. This place is right mm-hmm. here. You know, like I was looking through some of these rosters, like Corona's roster. I was like, oh, my God, oh. like <laughs> I mean, that's got to be one of the most talented rosters in the country. You mentioned Orange Lutheran as well. Like, and, and credit to those guys, their schedule, like, oh my gosh, it's got to be one of the toughest schedules in the country. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking looking forward to following along again with, with all the California guys and stuff like that. And, and it was a good fall and a good summer out there and, and anxious to see the spring. But uh, all right, Tim, man, we really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much for, for giving us a lowdown on this year's Hawaii Sandlot Classic. Um, I know we're really looking forward to uh, the coverage out there. And it's it, like Drew said, it's um, it's it's one of my favorite things that that we're involved with at Five Tool because of just kind of what it can do for the players um, and just kind of shining a light on the baseball out there, which which we love um, the passion, the energy, the skill, um, the makeup. I mean, I think it's just kind of pure baseball. You get a great representation at that. Uh, Hawaii. So, so Tim, thanks so much for jumping on with us and, and give us a lowdown. And uh, again, December 27th through 30th, um, you can follow all the coverage at 5tool.org. Just follow that Hawaii Sandlot Classic event and also on Twitter at 5toolHI and then our main page as well. But uh, Tim, anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I definitely missed um, some players that will be there. If I, <laughs> uh, you know, if I went through all of them, we'd be on here for two hours. So if yeah. any coaches or anybody wants to, you know, talk a little bit more, uh, find me on Twitter at Tim Arakawa7. Uh, shoot me a message. I'll be more than happy to talk about some of these players that uh, maybe they can have on their list that I uh, may have not have uh, mentioned. So I'm excited for it. Like I said, thank you guys for having uh, me on. It's always good to get this done before the event, um, you know, kind of add another element to it. So appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely.
Thanks so much, Tim. And for Drew, I'm Dustin. Uh, until we talk to y'all next time, have a good Christmas and take care.